All right. Woohoo. Hey. Praise the Lord. Good morning, guys. Uh, how are you? Good. Hi, middle school class. Hey. Hello, everyone. I'm Jeff Gracia. I'm one of the pastors here, um, and I get, to, uh, I get to preach the word today. So I'm really excited about that. I'm grateful. Um, just some context for the message today. We're going to be talking about a vision, the value of a vision, and we're going to be looking at parenting. We're going to be looking at discipleship, some principles for discipleship. Um, we're, going to be, we're going to really be talking about, you know, as, as, as families here in our church, having a vision for that family, having a vision for our children. Um, and, then, and then there's some principles from that that will apply to you if you're a discipler. So maybe you're not uh, a parent. Maybe you're a young person or, or even a kid or maybe you, you just don't have children. Um, there's, there's a little bit of, of something for everybody this morning, I think, from the Word. That's how He gave it to me, and so I, I hope to, to, to lay that out clearly. Now, I am uh, just recently... Uh, put on the Kidtown team, so I'm a I'm the pastor over the Kidtown ministry, and and so I get to work with Gordon and Andrew and all the Kidtown leaders and teachers, and um and so I'm really thankful to to be part. I will say, you know, I'm preaching about parenting, and and praise the Lord, the authority is from God's word, and uh, because I'm just in the throes of it. I mean, I don't have this thing figured out yet. Uh, I. I don't have the experience that many of the leaders and adults in here do, and, and I'm perfectly content with that because this book is leading the way for my family as it should be for yours. I will say, though, just to relate to you, I've got four, I've got four children. They're all girls. Every time I tell people that, they say things like, oh, man, so sorry. But I'm not sorry. I'm really glad about it. I think they're wonderful. And, you know, all the, all the hardship and the, you know, the drama that's going to come with having four teenage girls at the same time in one house. Man, bring it on. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm excited about it, really. Um, you know, we've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and uh, a couple-month-old. And so, uh, man, we have children in our bed every night. They just show up. But um, I'm going to pray, and then we will, we'll, look at, we'll look at some verses, and we'll see what God has for us this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for families, for children. Thank you for ministry. Thank you for this church. Thank you that we have a family here. And, um, and God, you are our Father, and, and you lead us. You lead us so well. You love us so well. And um, from, what, from my, what I believe we'll see in your word this morning, if we will just follow your lead, if we'll just trust your word, if we'll just trust your vision for us, God, we're going to be blessed. We're going to be fruitful. We're going to be glad. We're going to be happy, uh, even when things are hard. God, you're with us, and you've got us. So God, thank you for that. Would you, just, would you lead and guide in this time? Uh, help us to hear from you. Open our hearts and our ears to, to your voice and your word this morning. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start this morning with the first verse that comes to my mind when I consider having a vision 
for any endeavor in life, whether that's raising a family, whether it's participating in ministry, uh, being part of a church plant, working a job, like just having a vision in general. When I think of that, I think of, I think of vision, I think of the future, right? Vision for the future, like where we're going and what we're doing between now and the point at which we get there. What is gonna happen, right? Seeing uh, from now and to the end. And that verse is Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Probably a familiar verse. I think Pastor Will said that he, I think he preached this message a few weeks ago, so praise the Lord, you know, if it's like repeated, the Lord's knocking on the door. He's like, hey, you gotta get this. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so point number one, just right out of the gate, we need a vision for our homes. What we see is at stake is, uh, without a vision, our homes, the people in our homes are gonna perish, right? We need a vision for our homes. And what I didn't realize about this particular verse was that this verse comes from a passage and context that involves parenting. And we're gonna look at that passage, we're gonna look at a few other passages uh, and consider them uh, for what parenting and leadership must look like within the vision that we have as families and as a church. But let's take some time here just to consider uh, the different facets to developing and maintaining and, and having this vision. Okay, so we need a vision. What does it look like to have a vision? What should that vision look like? Habakkuk chapter two, verse two and three, says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And what's being discussed here in this passage is the prophecies and promises of God being true. And the vision that we receive from God for our family must be made clear, must be made plain as we write it and develop it so that when, we, so that when seen and heard, it can be enthusiastically followed. Is this making sense? It can be run with by our families. And even when you will have to wait for the fruition of that vision, right, the fruit of that vision to come, say from 20 plus years of raising these children, you may not see the fruit of that vision come to fruition for a while. You can know and trust that if the vision has been laid out and the vision has been followed, that there will be fruit. Amen? I think, just if I can be personal for a moment, I guess I've been personal. If I can be more personal, I think I hear all the noise of the world and I hear the, the craziness that the world is thinking and that the world is, is handing out to our children and training our children in and that scares me a little bit. And I think if I'm not vigilant or circumspect, if I'm not just, you know, trusting the Lord, if I just for a moment step out in the flesh and think about that, I get afraid and I, and I react and I get a little frantic. I've got to do something. And I get a little hopeless because they're coming for my children. 
you know? My precious, I mean, if, if you have children, you know how precious they are to you. You know how much you're willing to protect them. And then to think that someone wants to come in and, and confuse and distort how they view the world and how they view themselves. And, and I think, man, how can I just keep them in my room locked so that no one can ever influence them? That's not the answer. I know that that's not the answer. We know that we can't do that. I get a little scared, but the reality is if there is, this is what I want to communicate today, is that if there is a vision and we just trust God with that vision, that our children can be victoriously walking their Christian life out, even in a world like today. That we can train warriors to go into the world and win souls. And that we have to believe that because God wants to do that, right? But we have to make that, that vision plain in order for that to work. So point number two, to lead our families well, the vision must be plain. It can't be too abstract, it can't be too uh, complicated. It's gotta be plain, it's gotta be understandable. It's gotta be clear. The visions that we write down for our families need to be clear and obvious so that each family member knows the vision and can be envisioned for their role in that vision, right? If everyone is to participate in the vision, everyone including small children, if they're gonna participate in this vision of who our family is and what we're doing, where we're going, they've gotta know their part. And they're gonna need to know where we're going. So let's talk about parents generally first here. We're going to look at another passage that's, I think, commonly referred to when talking about parenting, and that's Deuteronomy chapter 6. We'll look at verses 5 and 6 here first, and we're talking about parents. It says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. So here Moses is about to exhort the children of Israel to have a clear vision for their homes in the future. That vision being that they should love and obey God according to his word, okay? Now our vision, and we'll get into this in a moment, but our vision in its simplest form is to obey God's word, okay? But Moses here starts by aiming the vision at the parents, These words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Point number three, you must, parent, discipler, you must first be convinced of the vision for yourself before you can lead others in it. The reality is, the way fruit works is, you you only produce what and who you are. And it goes for parenting too. You're going to produce into your children what and who you are. And you're only going to produce what and who you are in your discipleship. If you want children to grow up to love God fervently, you want your children to grow up to serve God humbly, you want your children to grow up to honor God reverently and to submit to God completely, I want those things, but those things start with us. This morning, take a look in the mirror. Are you what you want your children to be? Another way of thinking about that is, if you want your children 
to be victorious. Are you? Like if you want your children to be overcoming the world and the craziness, you don't want them to be strapped down by the sin that so easily besets us. You don't want them to be bogged down by drama, bogged down by toxic relationships, right? Addicted to this or that. Are you? Because what we do as parents is we, t- I know this because I do this. I tell my parents, or I tell my parents, I tell my children, hey, Submit, obey right away, right? Hey, obey, hey, do your chores. Hey, go pick that up. Hey, when I say something, you listen to my voice and you respond immediately. Okay, but hold on. I expect those things. Is that what I do with my father? Is that even what I do with my earthly father? Do I honor him, right? Those things have to be considered, but the vision will start with us being convinced of it because we are leading the way for our children. Verses seven and nine here in Deuteronomy chapter six, it says, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Right? You see this diligence that's being instructed for parents to teach the word to their children. It's, it's all over their life. It's saturating their life. When they're, when they're going to sleep, when they're rising up, when they're doing their day-to-day business, it's the word of God that's being taught. Right? There's a message that uh, Pastor Chris Best preached a few years ago, and, and he talked about you know, having a Christian family versus having a biblical family. Like my daughter wants to ride with me to church every Sunday. She wants to go, I go a little bit earlier than the rest of the crew, and she wants to ride with me, and we go up and we pray, and then we go out to the annex, and we get the room set up for the youth, and we just kind of, we're doing our service, we're plugging in, We have our part. And if she grows up thinking that this is what Christianity is, to just serve and, you know, I plug in, she's kind of missing it. Right? That service, that Christianity, your church attendance, your involvement in ministry ought to come from a relationship with God through his word. We have to teach our children that because the rest of service and ministry and all this church life is going to come out of that. It's going to come naturally. Even lost people can go to church and be good at it, right? Our children need to be instructed in the word and how to relate to God, how to follow and obey him, how to know him. And that has to be taught diligently. That doesn't just happen, right? Right? In order for our children and disciples to love God and obey him according to his word, they have to be taught that word. Now, I, I put here just uh, the illustration of discipleship. Okay, so when, before I got discipled, um, I loved God. I got saved when I was about 15 or 16 and uh, was going to a church and they were preaching the Bible and I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed the friends that I had made in that church and I... I believed that, you know, I loved God. I had a, he had a place in my heart. But I, 
could never like walk with him. It was just emo- it was emotion. It was like there were really high highs and the praise and worship would be rocking one Sunday and I'd be all in for Jesus. And then the next I'd be, you know, depressed and sleeping in, you know. It was just up and down, up and down. And there was no steady walk. It was more like I was floating. And what discipleship does, right, is it's somebody that says, hey, follow me, and I'm just going to invest this book into your life. Let's do this. And what happened for me was in discipleship, Brian Bustos discipled me, and he just started teaching me the word. And I began to grab and and consume it, and, and it put handles on this Bible, and now... Now, not only do I have this feeling for God, now I can follow him, and now I can know him. And now, each day, it's real simple. Like, what does God have for me today? What does God want to say to me today? What is God gonna do in my heart and life today, this week, right? In this season, what is God doing? Now you can know him, now you have a real relationship with him, and that has to be taught. It doesn't just happen naturally. Does that make sense? Now, generally speaking, this vision of knowing the Word of God, I just put this as an example. I I haven't haven't written this down for my family yet. I was just kind of thinking about it. But, you know, you write a vision for your family, and it could be something like this. The grace your family follows God's Word by living life how the Bible teaches. Specifically, this is is what, what I want to teach my children right now being kind to one another and being submissive to one another. And I'd probably add be tender-hearted one to another, right? Uh, how many of you know the song from Ephesians? And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath Giving you ba-doom, ba-doom, boom. Right? We, wanna, we, want, we want the Kid Town team to make songs so that we can teach our children. We want the Kid Town team to have our children memorizing these verses because when they get to our house, that's what we want to saturate their life with so that they know how to interact with one another. They don't know how to interact with us. But we have to lead them and teach them in that. We have to take the initiative. We have to make it plain that this is what we're doing. Hey, girls, in our home, if you're a gracier, what that means for you is that we, we follow and obey the Bible, and we're going to treat one another how it teaches us to do it. And however life comes at us, we're going to trust God in His Word to do it His way. As Deuteronomy 6 describes, so also do we in this New Testament dispensation want to diligently teach and invest the Word of God into our children. And this is integral to the vision of, of loving and obeying God. Right? You have to know his word to love him. But how we go about teaching and investing it is also very important, right? So as a Bible-loving, as a Bible-teaching, an LFBI-promoting church, we greatly emphasize a biblical education here, and we want to support families in accomplishing that with our children's ministry. So if I can make a... Uh, not a plug, but more of an invitation for Kid Town. I know that Pastor Sam has mentioned this. I got to go down to Kaya recently and talk about Kid Town. I want to just open this back up again and share with you Kid Town's perspective of joining you in your vision for your family. We want to love and teach kids uh, God's Word. 
in support of you parents raising them. And so there's a slide that kind of talks through uh, what, what and who Kid Town is. So if you have children or you're going to have children, it's family focused, right? We always work to edify and support our families in their pursuit. We want to be coordinated with you. The team leaders, the teachers in Kid Town, they want to connect. And, and you know, we all have limited capacity. So if your teacher, the teacher of your child hasn't connected, they want to, I assure you. So maybe you should reach out, parent. Maybe you should take that initiative, help them out and connect with them, right? It's Bible-based. They're gonna teach and instruct in the word. And it's fun-filled. Kid Town is a great place to be. It's a good time in there, right? They're singing songs, they're playing games, they're eating snacks, but they're making friends. And that's a cool thing. They've, they've got close connections with the people that they are growing up with. Praise the Lord. And I want to invite you, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're a young person, you have a place in Kid Town. There's a spot for you. And it's a good time. You know, I'm in the youth ministry, so I, get, I specifically spend the majority of my time with high schoolers, and I like them, you know? <laughs> They're cool. They're okay. I like high schoolers, okay? They're great. But, you know, Kid Town, I think, is the place to be. So if anybody wants to, like, take my spot <laughs> in high school, I'll just go to Kid Town. No, but, but really, we, we need you to, to, to see the vision for what we're doing with these children and with these families, and, and we want to invite you to plug in with us. And especially if your grandparents or parents, you have experience and you have a voice, you have that mom and dad voice that, that young people don't have yet, and we need that in our classrooms. We need, our children need that because that is going to produce a, a good Bible education and a good time for our kids. And so I want to invite you to that. Now, as the vision each family should have in its simplest form is to love and obey God, how does God, okay, how does God want us as parents and as family members to do that, right? How are we going to teach the Word of God? How are we going to obey the law? How are we going to obey His commandments? How do we do that, Okay. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Right? So if I love God, I've got to keep his commandments. So if our children will love God, they've got to keep his commandments. We've got to teach them to him. What commandments should we teach them? John 13, 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Okay, parents, here's how we're going to train our children. You ready? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to love them. We're going to love them. Parents, love your children, but do so by training them. See, so you're like, well, duh, of course I love my children, and you do, Right? There's so much psychology that tells us how to parent on Instagram. It's wild. And some of it looks really good. Like it looked like there's gentle parenting 
And there's, you know, there's, I mean, there's just literally, there's too many ways to parent that Instagram can give you to even go into. But they're all reactions to the generation before them, to their own experience. They're all reactive to what they're seeing in the world. So what we do as parents is we naturally, we have these kids, and and if left to ourselves to do it without the leadership and vision of the word, what we do is, I have this kid, and I know what my parent did well, and I'm I'm gonna do that, but I know what my parent didn't do well, and I'm not doing that. And so what we do is, instead of, you know, not just not doing that, we swing on the full other side of the spectrum. So if my parents disciplined me too much, then I'm, I cannot let my kid go through that. Hands off, gentle parenting. Now, I don't actually know what gentle parenting is, I just saw that term. <laughs> but you understand the concept, that's what we do naturally. And then, and then what happens to that kid? He didn't get parented, so he's, he turns into a terrorist, right? And so he wants all the power and control, so what does he do to his kids? He's probably either neglecting them, or, I mean, it just, it just, it, it devolves into chaos and into brokenness, where the Bible gives us a clear path forward that you love one another. Okay, love your children. Here's how you can love your children and parents. Proverbs 22, verse six. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. If you, we want our, our kids to grow up into God-honoring, God-loving, God-serving believers. That's where blessing is. We have to train them to that point. The cause for parents to train up our children so that they can have lives that, that do bring honor and glory to God. And, and parents, we have so much influence in our child's life and development. And we just kind of have to embrace it. It's a job. It's work. I will say the difference between three children and four children is absurd (laughs) to me. I thought, you know, there's chaos, so what's a little more chaos? There's something to a little more chaos. At least to me and my personality type. So we have Josie, she's six and a half, Ivy's four, George's two, and then Magnolia, you know, is was, was a couple month old girl. And Josie is inquisitive and smart and she's sharp and she's logical and, you know, she breaks pretty easy when she needs correction, but she will go and she will try everything and she will explore everything and she's, she's smart. Ivy is more social and intuitive and she's a little more emotional, less logical, and she doesn't break easily. She's like, uh, she's like the back of that pew. I mean, it's just solid. Her will, it takes work to break her will, right? Uh, and then Georgia's more like Josie so far. She's just easy go, more easy going, but pretty logical, easy to break. And so we're getting our dynamic going with the three of them. And I'm like, okay, I got this figured out. I know who my kids are. And then when we added the fourth, it's like I forgot who all my kids were. <laughs> it's like everybody changed, it all flipped, and now there's all these girls in my house. There's five girls in my house, and there's just the running everywhere, and they all have opinions, and they all have wills and desires. And then, and then sometimes, this may surprise you, but these girls don't get along really well. 
And so then they're like, there's drama and they're so, and then, you know, Josie's logical, but all of a sudden she's super emotional. And I'm like, dude, what? Like, Lord, what have I got myself into? And then I'm starting to understand why when I say I have four girls, people are like, man, <laughs> like, whoa. I'm like, oh, that's it. Okay, I get it. But we have to acknowledge its work to train them, to get a system in place to train them, but then to individually know them and train them. And, and one thing that we will use to train them is found in uh, the verse that we started with about vision. If we go back to Proverbs 29, verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. So here you see the rod and reproof. They give wisdom. You know, I told myself before Josie was born, before we had a kid, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to revel in giving discipline. I'm going to enjoy it because I just don't want her to grow up and, you know, be something that I don't want her to be. I'm like, I'm excited. And then I had her and I'm like, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> Nope, Kylie, you got to do it, you know. But that rod and reproof, it's necessary. You got you to gotta train them. You have to build the structures around them. You have to give them parameters. You have to enforce your expectations. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. And what I, what I pulled from this verse actually was that the two characters we see in this verse are missing the one person I believe is most responsible for the shame. Who are the two characters? Child and the mother. Who's missing? The father. What the father was supposed to provide for the child and in support of the mom was structure and boundaries. Children, like many adults, like us, feel safe and loved and secured when surrounded by gracious and protecting structures and expectations. Right? I taught high school for the better part of a decade and it was mind-boggling to me every time uh, I had to run into a situation where there's a kid who um, didn't experience that, that rod and reproof, that, you know, that corrective training. They didn't experience that, so they're just kind of wild in my classroom, and for whatever reason, my heart kind of gravitated towards those kids, and so I'd want to build a relationship, and I would make a good connection, and I would think, I'm going to change this kid through, like, just loving them, just all pouring out, you know, you can, do, you can be whoever you want to be. It doesn't matter. I'm going to love you no matter what, right? That was my approach. And they would come to my classroom every day and just sow chaos. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm going to win them because like, I love them. And then they would get me to the point where I'd have to write them up. Like they would do something that crossed the line. I'm like, oh, now what's going to happen is I write them up and they're not going to want to come around anymore, Right? And then I would write them up, and I'd be like, dude, you made me do it. But I got to write you up, and I'd write them up. And they'd be like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get that. I was, I was a little wild. <laughs> I was like, wait, you're not mad at me? <laughs> you know? And then, and then 
And then I would make a habit out of it because they would cross that line. And then they're like testing that line and I'm writing them up and I'm writing them up. And then all of a sudden, guess what they do? They stop being crazy. And they keep coming around. Why? Because what they wanted, what they're looking for, what our children need is, what are the boundaries by which I need to operate and live? What are the structures? What are the expectations? We can't impose our opinion and our preferences about expectations on our children. They don't know any different. So of course you wouldn't want to have to say yes sir to you know, an authority every time they addressed you naturally. Maybe you should. But your kids might actually benefit from that. Expect some respect from them, right? Build that structure, and they'll thrive in it. And that is, I believe, the father's responsibility. So let's talk about fathers. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it, may be, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, and we'll talk about that, but bring them up, fathers, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So while there might be plenty of bringing up being done by the father in conjunction with mothers, right? So my wife, she stays home with our children, which is a great blessing for us. And um, we, we like getting to do it that way. And so my wife is with my children, training them, interacting them with them all day. And you know, I'm at work, so I'm not bringing them up in those moments practically. So I'm not saying this is all dad just practically, tactically getting in there and raising the kids. I'm not saying that dads need to stay home from work and raise their children. I'm not saying anything about that. Other than the verse clearly and significantly instructs the fathers to bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And nurture means, it's also translated as chastening, nurture, instruction, and chastisement. Bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. Admonish and uh, admonition is to warn and correct the behavior. And you have a cross-reference in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. But point number four, if I can just plea with you fathers, it's this. Fathers, you are responsible for raising your children and envisioning your family. In an age where... Fathers are more and more absent and more and more apathetic. Fathers, wake up. See the job. You were built to do hard things. And raising a family is a very hard thing. Embrace it. Take it on and say, I'm going to own this process by God's grace. I'm going to trust him. I don't, dude, I, I don't know how to interact with small kids naturally. That's not something I'm good at with little children. I don't, you know, I don't. How do you teach them? Like, they're kind of foreign to me. Girls, I grew up with a big brother. I don't have sisters. Like, I think God gave me four. I'm like, I don't, what do you do with this, right? So Kylie and I together, I'm leading the way and I'm saying, here's what we've got to do. How can we do this? Kylie, help me to do this. Be my help me as I envision and lead the family and raise these children. Does that make sense? And again, those structures... We might not like how they, how they sound. The dad's got to be the leader. Well, what about, you know, what about the mom? I'm just telling you, if you follow his structures, 
and you do things his ways, they, it works. They work. Fathers, you're responsible for raising your children and envisioning your family. So we talked about a vision being important. We've talked about how parents need to lead their children in that vision. And we've looked at the fathers need to take responsibility in raising up the children within that vision. And one last, uh, I think, one last commentary about the fathers. You know, this word uh, nurture is like education, like instruction and I you know dads you have to have a vision an idea of what you want your kid to know like their education is your responsibility now we're in a strange we're in strange times like public school, homeschool, private school, and that's part of it. Dads, you got to get that figured out. You know what I want to do naturally, say, Kylie, figure it out. I trust you. You're good. Just do your thing. She's, Kylie is probably smarter than me. She probably is. Praise the Lord. She's a wonderful gift. Having a smart wife is awesome, but that doesn't change the verse. I'm responsible for the education of my children, and so are you, so we gotta, we gotta take that on. Let's talk about the whole family. We're gonna cross-reference now on our home stretch here. We're gonna cross-reference the passage from Ephesians uh, with, with Colossians and look at the whole biblical family. A family that's going to be a biblical family uh, has this dynamic as operated under the vision we developed for our family. So check out Colossians 3 verse 18 there. It says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, not your ministry leader first, not your pastor first, not your boss at work, your husband. Find a way to obey it. Right? Get help from the older sisters in the faith on how to tactically obey this instruction if you're in a tough spot because maybe you're in a situation where that isn't as easy and simple to submit to that man because, you know, he's this or that or whatever. But if you're going to have children especially, you want that dynamic set for them. So be the example. Submit to the man who, even when it's hard. Submit to your husband even when he doesn't deserve it. Because what you're doing is you're teaching and training your daughters and you're teaching and training your sons. I don't know who that's for, but wives, submit unto your, unto your husbands. And when it's hard, get help. Colossians 3.19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. When I was in premarital with uh, Pastor Sam, I got, he got to do our premarital, or we got to have him do our premarital, which was, was pretty cool. And I remember one of the sessions, uh, we were talking about, like, Kylie and I, just our relationship. And the comment was, you know, Sam, we're talking about, you know, our, our ideal preference in a mate. And uh, Kylie's ideal physique is this, and that's not me. 
You know, God wanted, you know, a big, strong, muscly guy. And I'm like, Sam, what do I do? <laughs> you know what he said to me? It, ch- it, changed, it changed my life. He was like, well, are you going to be man enough to get over that? Are you going to man up? And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, okay, you know, it's not more complex than that. It's just man up. It's like, okay, you know, man up. He probably could have said, like, well, just start lifting weights or something. And he just said, man up. And I liked it. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. It's time to die and man up, husbands. Whatever your wife has done, whatever your wife does, forgive her. Forgive her. Whatever flaws you may find and whatever weakness she has, cover it with grace. Man up. Tend to her heart. God built you and put you in her life to do that work. Go check on your wife's heart and sit down and try this. Listen to her. Like, you know, the stereotype is that girls talk a lot. Guys, that's, you know, that's true. I live with them. It's true. But guys, not only, like, be quiet, and, but when you're there listening to her, actually listen. That's hard. Because you're tired, you're distracted, whatever. And she's going to talk a lot, probably. She's going to probably, you know, Kylie tells me, she's like, you know, I know you don't listen to everything I say, but you let me talk, and I appreciate that. And she's just being gracious. I feel a little bad, but, you know, we put, you have to put the timer on it. You know, it's after 10 o'clock. Like, come on, quit it. Like, (laughs) you're torturing us both. But really, husbands, love your wives. Stop, if you have bitterness in your heart, give it up. Verse 20, Colossians 3, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. There's some children in here. Obey your parents. Obey. And this, the Bible says, is well-pleasing unto the Lord. You want to please God? Like, what is your part in the mission? How can we count for Christ? Obey your parents. That's what he wants you to do. That's real simple. What, what did God say to you today in church? Obey. It's easy. Kids, it's commanded that you submit. Humble yourselves and obey. This is pleasing to the Lord. And parents, help your children submit to that instruction. Hold them accountable. Make them obey, Right? Even though it's hard, hold the line because they need you to. And you can do so when you hold their heart. So let's talk about that. Fathers, in verse 21, provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Dads, be winsome. Be proactive. Be graceful and gracious. Forbear, be patient Give instruction and leadership that your children desperately need. Take them out on the daddy-daughter dates. Take them out, you know. Don't spoil them, but invest in them. You know, 
you have to take inventory at some point, and probably periodically, is what I'm doing actually filling the love tank that my child has, you know? Am I actually letting them know and feel loved by me? And then once that tank is full, you hold the lines, right? You show them the white lines that they have to drive through. That's all part of it. But be winsome. Don't provoke your children to anger, to wrath. Don't discourage them. Don't be a, a, you know, don't be overbearing. Be winsome. But be the authority. Bring your children along with you as you pursue following and accomplishing the vision. Invite them into it with you and And like I said, love them well. Point number five, family member, that's to all of us. Family members, submit to your role. Family life is crazy. It's chaotic. There's a lot of energy. And God makes it simple. You have a job. Just do your job. And he'll bless that. He'll make you fruitful. Now if the praise team can come up here, we're going to begin to close But I want to make this point. If there are exceptional situations, you know, we talked about family today. And if there's exceptional situations, maybe from loss, divorce, or some other circumstances that prevent you from plugging into the structures mentioned here, the Bible does, in fact, have answers for you and for how you can raise children. Maybe you're a single mom, single dad. There are, uh, there, are, there are ways for you to do this and to do it successfully and to have a vision in your life, to be fruitful. If that's you and you find yourself in a difficult situation in life or maybe you are parenting and it's just hard, it's just tough, you're in a tough spot. You've got a happy marriage and a home but you just need some counsel from God's word. We want to we meet with you. There's going to be people that want to connect with you we want to invite you forward to get prayer, to work through this, to pray for your homes. If there's something else that God is tugging on your heart with, you can come down as well. We want to open the book together with you. If, if you don't know, um, like Uriah, if you don't know you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's of utmost importance this morning. We want you to come down and to work through that. But if you have a parenting need, a family dynamic need, please, come on, let's pray. And if there's a young person that doesn't know the answer to your situation, they're going to point you to a parent or to a pastor, to a leader. Does that make sense? So don't feel, don't feel hesitant. Don't feel timid. Let's, let's respond to God's word. And if you feel like you don't know how you're supposed to respond at all, if you're like, that's all good and, and great, but I'm 12, or that's all good, I don't know how I relate to that or connect to that, I want to invite you to, to pray. Grab a partner and pray. Pray for the families here. Pray for the children's ministry. Pray for the marriages. All right? Let's just pray for the body this morning. Amen?